everybody, and welcome back to the Warp Lords podcast. My name is Mike Danger Votor, and we're bringing you in episode zero today. So, this is going to be the new campaign that we are calling Tales of the Blood Moon. So, today I am joined by Sonny, Jared, Devin, and Graham, who will be the players of the campaign. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the characters we're making, the world we're jumping into, and some stuff like that. So let's uh, let's jump on in, guys. Why don't you guys go ahead and tell me a little bit about who you are playing? Also, Sonny is new. <laughs> I mean, yes. None of you have ever heard his voice before. <laughs> yeah. Hey there, loyal fan base. Remember me from last season? Well, after that... <laughs> After that early issue we had where you didn't hear me for the whole season, we figured it out. I just had to join the campaign. <laughs> that was the whole problem. I, I'm Jared. Uh, in this campaign, I'm going to be playing an uh, Ungoloth, which I don't think we've introduced yet, but that's like a spider race that's kind of scary looking and weird, and the character is going to be named Zulroth. Cool. Is that enough information, or do you want me to let No, no, like, t- talk about Zulroth. <laughs> tell, literally tell me anything more. Does your character wear a beret, or? Okay, now, yes. So, <laughs> so, so my Ungoloth character, Zulroth, comes from this, like, uh, weird place called Durg, and the place that he is from, uh, they communicate telepathically and have done so for a very long period of time. Uh, so they're mostly, like, nonverbal. So Zulroth is going to be speaking telepathically this game, uh, unless you guys make him talk out loud. Uh, he's gonna be, he's a black and yellow type of spider. Uh, it's my understanding that Ungoloths have, like, spidery legs with, like, a human body on top, but a humanoid face. So, kind of like Drydery. It's kind of like Drydery. It's kind of like, uh, Quaylog from, from Dark Souls. It's like a centaur, but if, if the bottom half was a spider and the human half had eight eyes and mandibles. Wow, that, that sounds like something I want nothing to do with. I'm just saying, you could have a worse situation with a half-man, half-spider, because if it was, like, the left side and right side, that'd be, that literally, that would just be straight Yeah, that'd be very clumsy. Uh, All right. Hard. I have five legs, one on my left side, four on my right. You'd have, like, one extremely muscular leg and four very nimble legs. That'd be fun seeing it run. It might not, though. I haven't decided how the the pants are going to look on this guy, like if it's going to be like one for each leg or not. So I don't know. We'll decide that later. Um, His character is going to be a scholar uh, with a focus on telepathy to kind of lean into the the lore of the uh, Durgish people. And yeah, that's uh, he kind of is dressed somewhat like a mime black and white horizontal stripes on the shirt, and a black beret. 
Is that enough information? No, dude, that's totally fine. Yeah, that's Does good. the spider and James and the giant peach have a black and white striped shirt? I feel like they did. Yes. Again, I'm leaning into there the joke is. that Jared that's is not Miss what Spider. I was going for. <laughs> uh, the character really likes art uh, and drawing and writing. So you're, you're the spider from James and the Giant Peach. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I haven't seen that movie since I was a child. Maybe like subconsciously, I was just channeling that character. I mean, that's not really a bad thing. James and the Giant Peach is great. I mean, it is a fantastic movie. Uh, since it's probably going to come up, the character's name is Miss Spider, uh, played by Susan Sarandon. I, d- I did say it. Yeah. Are we talking about James and the Giant Peach now? Yeah, we're still talking about James and the or Giant still, Peach. Or still, yeah. Why cut now. out? I couldn't hear you. Um, but yeah, that's that's the character. Are, are all of the characters named that? Is it like Mr. Grasshopper, Mr. James, Mr. Peach? I have no idea. I don't think the Peach was named. Yeah, the all the like the insect people that live there. Yes. Oh yeah. Except the the worms aren't. I don't think. I think. I mean, the peach in the very least had the most important honorific. That is the giant peach. Ah, true. It was in the title of the of the film. What's up? It's your boy, Devin. This campaign, I'm gonna play a uh, Kate Sith, which is like a bipedal cat, and his name is Rhubarb. And he is um, That's cute. tortoise fur, tortoise shell fur. Um, he's kind of like a lanky cat. Sorry, he's uh, originally from Astrindad, and um, he grew up as a hunter, and uh, his current station is Innsbury, so that's where he's at right now. But um, Uh-oh. there's a lot of moral, you know, dilemmas that he's going through about the hunters and Life, you know, so. And, um, I'm playing a warrior, uh, subclass of sniper, because I've never done ranged combat before, and I thought it would be fun. Uh, sniper was fun. I played that a few campaigns yeah. ago. It's pretty damn great. So, he's got a sick bow and arrow. Um, yeah, he's got a cool bow that turns into some other stuff. <laughs> the bow that you have is a family heirloom that was passed down by your grandmother, actually, who was a hunter. Your parents weren't, but your grandmother was. Oh, Gam Gam's bow, huh? Gam Gam, yep. <laughs> the bow of Gam Gam. <laughs> what did Gam Gam name this bow? I just said it's Gam Gam's bow. Yeah, you idiot. That's such a, fu- <laughs> that's such a fun name. Gam Gam's bow. <laughs> <laughs> it holds sentimental value. Uh, yeah. I always try to get people to name their bows Nur, but no one ever wants to go for it, and no one thinks that's funny except for me. But I keep bringing it back up. Uh, yeah, this is at least the tenth time I've heard that joke out of you. Yeah, I'll keep it. I'll keep keep doing it's it. It's gonna be funny. Event- someone is going to laugh eventually <laughs> if he keeps doing it. No, they won't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably right, though. Holy shit, I slapped both of my knees. <laughs> what? Right on. <laughs> it's just that funny, man. It was a true knee slapper. Oh my god. I'm happy to hear it. It's like some angry boys elbow slapping, knee slapping right there. That's a lot of referential stuff. <laughs> Damn. Wow, them is some slappy knees, I'll tell you what. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Um yeah, also he hates spiders, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck do you, you hate Ungolos or do you hate like normal spiders? 
<laughs> Ungloss are fine, but full spiders, fuck that. Yeah. Freaking eight legs, dude, I hate that. Are you that guy from Eight-Legged Freaks? Dirty eight-leggers. Devin, do you have anything to add to uh, rhubarb or nah? Yeah. Um, he likes to hang out at the bar, the local pub in Innsbury called the Goose and Gander. Called the Rhubar. Yeah, they make a really good gimlet, so. <laughs> um, if you ever want to have a drink. I do. Tell me more about the gimlet. No. Oh, fuck, okay. Uh, oh, shit, put me on the spot. Oh, uh, 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 it's a gin drink. It's served in a lowball glass. What kind of glass is that? <laughs> Fucking goddammit. It's a, uh... Not this again. All right, well, I was actually interested the first time. <laughs> fuck all of you. Yeah, sorry, that was a callback. It was too good. It's a short tumbler used for serving spirits. That seems like a Google definition. Yeah, it is. Actually, Gimlet's not, <laughs> not served in a low ball. It's it's in a weird... Looks like a martini glass, but smaller. But what kind of glass is it? It's just called a cocktail glass. So. Tight. Yep. Thank you for humoring me and telling more about the drink. You're welcome. It's uh, four parts gin, one part sweet and lime juice. One part lit. Oh, that sounds kind of good. It's very good. Out of order thing that I forgot to say about Zulroth. No, you had your turn. Yeah, you had your chance. <laughs> I'm, gonna go, I'm saying it anyway. I already started. I was afraid everyone was going to be weirded out by him having eight eyes. So I, uh, he's wearing sunglasses all the time. Four pairs of sunglasses? I'm just imagining the fucking Squirtle Squad glasses from Pokemon, <laughs> because that's the only kind of sunglasses that can cover all of your eyes. They're big. <laughs> he's got a pair of those, like, fucking ridiculous, like... Uh, what are they called? Pit Viper sunglasses, but they're just like <laughs> four times as big as even those are. Yeah, originally those those came out as like a, a joke joke thing, but no, that's that's what the uh, that's what they use. Hello, y'all. Uh, I'm Sunny, or occasionally Santino, depending on who you ask. Um, I am playing a Tengu, which, having not listened to the campaigns previous, I have no idea if you had one before, but. Japanese ghost man. All right, cool. Um, his name, uh, his name <laughs> is something to the effect of Sligneftoha, which uh, put into common speak is more like Amatsu no Fair, which, for the sake of never having to pronounce those things, has a nickname of Emmy. I'm gonna call you Hot Rod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> He is, uh, the class is a mage, kind of focusing on healer at first. Like, he's just taking on the general healing abilities, but really, really quickly getting away from that. And uh, just because it's related, he's really going to go down the runic subclass and, like, just end up going. The whole point is he wants to just use a, a crossbow that has a bunch of runes carved into, uh, you know, crossbow bolts, obviously. All right. So we have, like, no. Frontline. <laughs> hey, we have. I haven't said my guy yet. I know you're not frontline, <laughs> dude. This is going to be the campaign where we solve everything diplomatically and avoid. <laughs> that's what I was trying to do last time. Oh, that's cute. It did work really well, though. <laughs> I it did. Anytime yeah, I, I was able to do it, it worked well. 
Just talking to bees that don't understand you. They're like, yeah, sure, that's cool. All right, see it. We're I mean, I talked him down, though. It did work. It works, it works. To give you a little bit of backstory, I guess, um, pretty much grew up in an old college with an old observatory from two parents. Uh, The three of us lives alone for a long-ass time. Uh, At some point, growing restless, left. Uh, I have no idea how... How into the world that you have built for this, Mike, the audience is. So I'm skipping over a lot of names. Um, but uh, to make a long story short, uh, ended up joining the local military, as it were, and spent some time in that. Decided that wasn't for him and uh, pretty much went AWOL and has kind of spent the last several years traveling with only like a couple of people at the most at any given point, uh, up and down uh, pretty much. As pretty much just traveling, trying to heal people and uh, right the wrongs that war is doing. Um, I think towards the start of this campaign is when he's for the first time entering Innsbury. Um, I think based on the conversation I had with you, Mike. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's it's been a little bit of time since you have been in Innsbury. It took you a long time to actually get to Innsbury from Ostwin, where you were stationed and working for the dictator is probably a closer term based on how things have, are shaking out currently. Hey, you know, if it's an empire, it does have an emperor, right? I mean, you know, somebody got to lead. Somebody's got to give that girl in charge some real bad ideas. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he kind of wears, uh, just because you said it earlier, Jared, I'll follow up, uh, just white and red. It's kind of the main color scheme here. Or, sorry, is it white and red? It might be gold and red. Uh, you changed from white and gold to white and red. Yes. Yeah, yeah white and red, those classic medic colors. Um, he does have one of those fur-lined collars, so he's kind of got that dope-looking, almost Cruella de Vil kind of vibe going on. And it's beautiful. Right. You look at him from a distance, you go, holy shit, is that 101 Dalmatians, or am I just... And then you wink. Cruella de Vil is what I think of when I think medic. I mean, Cruella DeVille has to be a medic. She stitched all of those those dogs together. That's you got to know what you're doing to do that. She's an alchemist, actually. Those were just all chimeras. Oh, that's well. I based my character on okay. completely <laughs> wrong thing. Then, nah, Cruella DeVille exists in this campaign, or sorry, in this world. I feel like she doesn't, though. She killed all of Kenny Doggins' children. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, <laughs> Kenny would be so <laughs> stoked. Oh my god. Sorry, call back. Call back to literally what we just finished doing. Yeah, true. <laughs> Truth. Truth. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I could give you more, but I feel like that's... No, no, that's 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 good for a start. Yeah, that's kind of that's all, all we need. I'm Graham, and I was here for the last campaign, and I figured I'd mix things up. I played a human in that campaign, and in this campaign... I play a human. <laughs> and basically everything about my character so far is built around I wanted a pompous name, and I wanted to be from a family of pompous names. So I am Blair Vandeguff, famed artist whose niche is that he paints, quote-unquote, what inspires him. He is an only child to famed, was it, what did he decide on, theater? Yeah, so basically, as I kind of, you know, took that idea and ran, basically, they run like a Cirque du Soleil style uh, theater. So it's like a, a circus mixed with a theater type deal. Perfect. Yeah. 
Uh, did you write their names down? Because they're in the chat, but I didn't I write did. them down. Okay. I know her nickname is, is it Gertie. Cruella? It is not. Oh, Gretchen then. Gretchen, Gretchen, yeah. Gretchen and Willard were your parents' names. Or are your parents' names. Yeah, They are. aren't dead. They're not dead. Isn't that cool? I am actually also from Innsbury. I, fr- I hail from Innsbury Hollow, and after a quick rise to fame in the art world, I am in the midst of a slump. So I'm going to be on adventures because I need to find, quote-unquote, what inspires me. My class and my emphasis within the class are both a secret, and none of you can know that for now. Mm, sounds like your classic uh, frontline tank. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Yeah. Most frontline tanks, it's like you look at them and you just can't tell. <laughs> My class is is a hundred percent a secret because I don't want you to guys to know, and not because I haven't picked one. Uh-huh. It's definitely that it's a secret. Yeah, because clearly, as an artist, you're not going to pick scholar, and clearly, because it's you, you're not going to pick scholar. Hey, I've only picked. I think I've only picked scholar once. I could have sworn it. Uh, it was at least twice now, but. Well, I was a I was a sharpshooter once. That I remember. I don't remember what Dave was. Dave was a mage because all he had was prestidigitation. Right, a mage. Dennis was a scholar. Dennis was a scholar. And Fen, I don't think, is a scholar either. He's a warrior. Yeah. Who am I missing? Why am I missing someone? Yeah, Fen's a warrior. Oh, and uh, I think Gabriel was a mage as well. That's it. I thought Gabriel was either a major or a priest, but I, for some reason uh, I thought he ended priest. up going into scholar. Not that it matters. That might have been like one of the side quest things. But yeah, this is only the second time. And also, actually, no, I'm not playing a scholar because I my class is a secret. You're right. I'm just I'm just guessing about your secret class, not confirming anything for the audience. I mean, did we say scholar? Because I I actually don't know <laughs> if we did do that. If you're going to be a famous artist, it just makes sense. Maybe I care about my macros, and I'm like a jacked artist, though. What about Charles Bronson? Wasn't he an artist? No. Yeah. <laughs> He's an artist of death. Not really, no. All right, fine. I- I'm just making assumptions here, based on what you well, told me. how dare you? You're right. <laughs> you should know better than to believe anything that I say, ever. That's a valid point. All of this backstory work you've put in, it nicks all of it. It doesn't exist anymore. It's all bullshit. All right, cool. So, do you have anything to add? Oh, oh, my my fancy item. My fancy item. Uh, I I also have a family heirloom. Well, that's not a... F- no. <laughs> no. I have... I have an heirloom. No, it's not. Your no, game no, game no. sucks. Didn't give you anything. <laughs> I didn't say it was a family heirloom. I just said it was an heirloom. Definitely something you found. It is called the Bone Seer Brush, and it is a magical brush that does... It sure does something. It sure does stuff. You can see bones with it. Didn't we say that in character even I don't know what it does yet? You don't know the exact depths of the ability. You have a general idea of what it can be used for. The name is such a mystery. What could it possibly do? You said Bone Seer, right? Yes. And he said depths. So, are you making an archaeologist character in the long run, and we're going to find out exactly what depths you can see bones at? (laughs) Stay tuned, and in the coming episodes of the podcast, people will find out what class I'm playing at the same time that I do. (laughs) 
I can't wait until we start, and then you make your character sheet. Oh, by the way, I'm a scholar. Ah, damn it, it's ruined now! <laughs> now nobody has to listen! No, no, this is on session one. I'm, I'm quoting session one when that happens. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's like, a, that's like a future. Oh, okay. It's still a secret now, yeah. There's always, like, that one person in the campaign that doesn't make the character until after you start. For us, that's Graham. Happy to have you, buddy. I just, I don't enjoy character creation as much. Get off my back. I'm, I was just making a relatable joke. <laughs> There's always one. Cool. Moving on, I'll jump in to talk about the world and the setting. The guys here already know a brief bit about the world based on what I've sent them and all of the stuff I've posted on World Anvil about it. But basically, Maltharsis Prime is a dark planet in the corners of the universe known as the Trickster's Paradise. For those of you who have listened to the podcast before, the Trickster's Paradise is the universe that the previous campaign I ran was set in as well. This world is kind of inspired by Cthulhu mythos, the Bloodborne universe and stuff like that. Took some ideas in those genres and formed this world based on uh, some of our players' past decisions. Oh, right. I forgot about that part. Yeah. The world itself seemingly was inhabited by these old creatures known as elder beings. Their presence is scattered across the land, and they are rumored to have created the planet itself. Not much is known about them, but their presence has definitely shaped the struggles and hardships that the citizens of Maltharsis Prime have to deal with every day. That being said, this game, it's intended to be a little bit sandboxy for you guys, uh, as when we were talking about what would be fun for everyone to explore on the world based on the fact that there's a lot that we could do, Scooby-Doo kept being the joke that we came back to. I mean, I love Scooby-Doo, so... I mean... I dooby-dooby-doo as well. But yeah, basically, I'm going to take this opportunity to ferry you Explain around Scooby-Doo to everyone. <laughs> no, we have a cat, dude. It's going to be Scooby-Doo with a cat. Yeah. Devin's character is going to be like a fucking weird, bizarro land Scooby-Doo. I'm the Velma of the group. <laughs> yeah, you'd like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> but... I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but Matthew Lillard has started entering the streaming of tabletop games, so you're, it's going to be real tough to crack that nut of being the <laughs> Scooby-Doo podcast. That's true, he's been on the D&D stuff, right? Yeah. Well, maybe maybe we can just get Matthew Lillard to join this campaign halfway through. That seems like a pretty low-hanging fruit to grab, yeah. Anyway, shout out Matthew Lillard, you're the best. Actually, yeah. It, it, you know what? If Matthew Lillard, if if you're still listening, I bought your serial killer mini, and I'm having someone paint it to look just like you. So take that as a positive influence on my life. Please join our podcast and be our Scooby. <laughs> yeah, Matthew Lillard's gonna get that. He's not Scooby though. He's Shaggy. I'm aware, but this this podcast needs a Scooby, is what I'm saying. Okay, I understand. Whatever. I'm Velma. I already called it. <laughs> Jinkies. <laughs> wow, you got the part. Great. <laughs> Nailed it. Can't wait for you to just slowly become like the Fred. Fuck Fred, dude. Ascot wearing motherfucker. Blonde haired asshole. 
<laughs> fucking wearing an ascot, telling everybody to split up and shit. No, not about that life. He's going to do everything except the ascot. Still going to tell us all the split up, though. Getting back on track. Dibs on Scrappy. Scrappy literally became a villain, bro. Come on. Yeah. Yep. Scrappy's the best the best character in Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Everyone knows it. I want to be red herring. Oh, god damn. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of the game is that you guys are going to travel and explore the world. That being said, uh, there will be twists and challenges along the way. Fucking obviously. I was really hoping for no obstacles or challenges at any point in the whole campaign. Damn. Why can't you just roll over and give me what I want in session one and I can leave? My magic brush actually one-shots everyone if I say, hey, kill them. <laughs> that's how that's gonna work. It's a tactic, dude. He's getting us to lower our guard. <laughs> that being said, I'm going to try and steer away from combat as much as I can, because normally, as a DM, I am very combat-heavy. I think I did better last campaign in balancing combat, roleplay, puzzles, and all that shit, but who knows? Well, sometimes that's dependent on what the players decide they want to be in a given campaign, too. Well, yeah. But my goal is to have this be more RP, thriller, horror, mystery-based for you, and keep the uh, keep the encounters as low as possible. Like Scooby-Doo. Like Scooby-Doo. Good thing we cut out. Good thing we cut out all that Scooby-Doo stuff, huh, guys? So, does anyone have any questions about the the world, the theme, anything that I can help answer or clear up before we start? Are we going to get a mystery machine? Maybe. Might be a caravan. Right, right, right. I assume you're going to answer my questions as we start, because I, I just want to know more about exactly where we are in Innsbury, but I'll, I'll probably learn that as we start. Yeah, that's that's more like a session one type of dealio, for sure. How how many sessions before we can get our conundrum caravan? Um, I mean, I don't think it will take many. I will be completely honest. The, the, the crypto car? If it takes more than three episodes, you guys have fucked off for way too many episodes. <laughs> I don't want to drive. <laughs> we don't need to do that again. I don't like driving. I'm too small. My paws don't reach the pedals. It's the exact opposite this time. Now you're too small to drive. <laughs> yeah. How, how tall are you? I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Probably like three feet. Jumping into mechanics, because uh, once again, Sonny, uh, this is the first time that he's going to be joining the podcast and subsequently playing Warp Lords itself. They turned me They turned me down when I asked if we could play anything off air, so. Yeah. We are playing Warp Lords here at the Warp Lords podcast. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. It is a D12-based tabletop game that is going to consist of basically two major functions. There's the blackjack grenade engine, and there is the roll under system. For doing something simple, uh, like there's a tree that fell, and I'm going to try and jump it. You would take one die, and you would try and roll against your own agility stat. You're looking to either get exactly on or under. If you go over, you bust. Very similar to blackjack. Then there is the Blackjack Grenade Engine, taking this further for opposed rolls used for combat encounters, where you roll up to five dice depending on what your rank is. Totaling the dice up 
if you roll a 12, you explode, you roll another dice and add it to your total, so it makes for wacky encounters where anything can happen. Pretty quick and dirty version of how Warp Lords is played. Actually, I have a question for you guys. Uh, as far as experience gain, because Warp Lords is an XP gain and buy system, would you prefer if we did milestones this time around, where like after a couple of sessions I gave you more of a bulk of experience, or do you want to keep doing it after every session? I'm fine with either. I'm indifferent, yeah. Whichever is easier on your end is A-okay. I don't usually spend them right after each session anyway, so I usually let them build up. Yeah. I feel, Have we done milestones before? Because I feel like yeah, that I could be fun. So. I've done milestones before, and I can find milestones to be fun. It's closer, in my opinion, to like a more traditional Dungeons & Dragons style game, where like it takes you a minute to level up when you do milestones. Sure. Is there, now, uh, upon reading the rules and talking off-air about it, am I mistaken in thinking that uh, at a certain point when you use magic, you're also spending XP gained? I'm sorry, in, in what sense? I honestly don't remember. It's been a long time. It's just in my head I remembered something like that. He needs to, the pool system is basically what he needs to understand. Oh, 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 oh. So basically, uh, there are two different, uh, there are two different ways that, uh, your stats work because you spend experience to level up your stats, uh, as well as purchase new skills and abilities. Uh, so you have, for example, you're looking into going into a root, uh, like a rune style mage and you have healing abilities right now. It would cost you, uh, it would cost you one from your pool to cast a spell. And that would be, it, it works kind of like spell slots, but it runs off of your stats without damaging your stat. Right. Okay. So by pool, okay. I, you saying the word pool, obviously that is completely separated from XP. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, whenever anything says there is a cost of like one magic or one whatever, that implies that it's from the pool. You don't actually like lose experience from, from doing that. It's like temp, temp stat effect. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can heal back to pool via healer, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. I may change that, but that is how it is supposed to work. Yes. We'll see I how did, it goes. I did make a point of asking you before I chose yep, this I know. thing. So. That said, my my opinion on Milestone is whatever. Having never played, I'm cool with whatever. Okay. Well, we'll see how I'm feeling after the first session. We'll see how shit goes. I'll see what I decide. That's future Mike's problem. <laughs> we might it might be cool to just do every session because i i don't know if sunny has done it that way before so it might be cool to show him like the warp lords thing yeah i don't know i may who knows i mean we may even get through the first arc of of the game and i may change my mind going into the second so we may do something different down the road we'll we'll see i just wanted to get everyone's thoughts and ideas out there while we like before we begin you know why don't you just switch it to something entirely different every single arc? Oh, great. That doesn't sound awful. Why don't you just give us one XP per hour of game time? No, no, that, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, two XP? Yeah, dude, eight XP every session? Great. Any final questions before we uh, call it a quits here tonight? Does any, and I guess this is to the characters at large, but does anyone's characters already know each other? Or are we all meeting in episode one? 
Do you want to keep that one secret or? Okay. Ah, no, you can talk about it if you'd like. It's totally fine. Oh, okay. I mean, if you want to keep it secret, Graham, that's up to you. Uh, I know Jared's character. We, I don't know how, but but I think that we're supposed to know each other. Uh, I do, but it's pretty much what we talked about, Jared. You don't have to spoil it for me. I was just wondering if it was a, uh, you know, a hundred percent cold open situation. I can do something fun here. Devin, Sonny, yeah. What can you both make me luck checks? So you're going to take one die and roll it against your luck stat. Uh-oh. But I don't have to do that. I did not. Yeah, I, did I not failed nine, nine of three. <laughs> okay, yeah, you guys don't know each other going into episode one. You both failed. You absolutely know each other. You guys are in love. <laughs> so so, the, so the, the implication there being that it would be lucky to know you somehow. Ugh. This little <laughs> three-foot-tall man. Yeah. <laughs> little cat boy. Uh, Graham, actually, you could also probably roll a luck in this situation as well. I I sure can't. <laughs> oh, why? You still keeping those stats a secret, bud? Yep, they're a secret. <laughs> All right, wait a minute. I failed, sorry. <laughs> I rolled more than a two. I'm obviously going to dump stat this stat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I rolled an eight, so I'm going to make sure that's a blackjack, so I have an eight in luck and a one in everything else. <laughs> I purposefully dumped all of my stats so I can have an 8 luck. <laughs> Some of the characters know each other, others don't. But I'm sure they will all become great f- acquaintances eventually. They're, eh, yeah. We will be people in the same room at some point, probably. Yeah, at least that, at the very minimum. Alright, well, that's gonna do it here. We're keeping it a little bit short this evening. Just uh, going over the campaign, giving you a little bit of insight if you wanted to learn more. Uh, We look forward to seeing you in Tales of the Blood Moon. And, once again, if you've liked what you heard, please spread the word. We are on Instagram, we are on Twitter, we are on Facebook. Come check us out at Warplords and Warplords Podcast. Uh, You can also download the demo. You can try out Warplords for yourself. There are many exciting changes coming to the game soon, but you can test out the the beta demo now at DriveThruRPG. We look forward to seeing you again here next week. Have a good one, Internet.